Welcome back. It has been a long time. It's good to see you, Richard. Man, I, I wasn't sure what we were going to say. <laughs> I didn't know how to say it. Welcome cool. back. You know, there's a new commercial for one of the restaurants, and they're using the theme from Welcome Back, Cotter. That's right. So we should have had that theme music playing in the background, you know, oh, Welcome Back. No, it's been a very long time. Um, the coronavirus has, uh, as everybody knows, has upset everybody's life a little, um, including ours. Yeah. Um, everything changed. And one of the casualties was we we weren't sure um, how to do podcasts. Well, Exactly. And, you know, it, there's been so much that's happened over the past couple of months with, um, you know, we our, our entire office shifted to to virtual. So we're doing only doing teletherapy right now. And um, and so we're not we're never together uh, anymore. Um, and so uh, so there was that complication. And then for a while, for somehow, for some reason, our um, our podcast feed started having problems getting to iTunes, and so we had to go through that whole process um, again. And um, and there's been a few times that we we talked about sitting down to record, and as you said, trying to figure out how in the world we're going to do that um, right. was a mess. So, but I think that we've got it. We're, we're using Zoom um, like everybody else, I guess. Right. And, Hopefully the video comes out okay, so that when we post it on YouTube, it will it will you know look okay for folks who um, check out the podcast there. Right, right. Yeah, but it's good to be back. Um, and we're still struggling with the virus, and of course everybody is worldwide. Um, but uh, we spent five years developing a format for our podcast, and then suddenly one day. It had to change, and uh, That's right. it's been a, it's been an adventure. So it's good to be back, though. It's nice to see you. Yeah. You look all I, I forgot you wear bow ties, you know. So yeah, well, well you as well. That's right. Yeah. The the only times we ever see each other now are uh, in passing in the morning. Right. Um, right. When when I'm leaving at about six o'clock in the morning, and you're getting there at six o'clock. Right. In the morning. Right. Yeah. Two ships passing in the night, but. Um, That's right. No, so um, as we were, as we, you and I were casting about to say, well, when do we start? When do we redo our podcast in the new format? And what do we do? And suddenly this whole issue of school reopening uh, burst on the scene. And we thought, well, what better topic than that to start with? It's a timely topic that's going to, it's going to affect kids and families and school personnel, but it could affect absolutely everybody in the country. So this is a, this is a, an issue of, um, of, um, of uh, importance, I think, to most of us. Absolutely, and this will probably end up being a, a, a two-part uh, right. uh, podcast because um, th there's so much information, so many things for for folks to consider when, when thinking about you know getting back to school and and what all that means. Because I think that a lot of times we sit back and we think, well, of course, you know, it's it's August, right. um, and so well, it's almost August. Um, so, so kids should be getting ready and we should be getting back to school. You know, here in Florida, schools usually start at the beginning of August. And I know that in, in, in other states, other areas of the country, uh, kids go back um, after Memorial Day um, or into September. But, you know, regardless, we're, we're approaching that time where kids are getting back to school and we're, we're kind of getting into that mode. But what are, you know, what, what does, what does COVID-19 and the, the coronavirus the whole pandemic and everything, what does that mean as it relates to getting back to school? Um, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and they were referring to teachers as, um, 
as essential workers. And so they need to, teachers need to be back at school and be, need to be back working and kids need to be at school. And um, it's, I think it's oftentimes really easy to, to think and to hold that perspective until you just start for a few minutes of uh, thinking about what that actually means. And, and that's what we're gonna to try to focus on today. Right. Yeah, we had two things happen. Our, our, our natural biorhythms, uh, fall is coming and that means the beginning of school. And then we enter the holiday season. But the other thing is everybody's tired of being uh, locked in. You know, uh, kids and parents have been together now five or six, five months uh, right. in the car. We wrote about that the other day. Um, the kids and, and families have been sort of quarantined. And so everybody's ready to get out, number one, and everybody's ready to get back to school. But we want to take a closer look at what that actually means. Uh, what, are we, what are we talking about and um, how do we do it safely? Right, because there's a, there's a number of issues um, and, and concerns. And, and we, um, you know, sort of, sort of as, we're, as we're saying, you know, we, we think of it as just a, this is just what happens now. Um, right. And, you know, here in Florida, uh, I know we have uh, listeners and, and viewers from, from all over, but, you know, here in Florida, um, our, our, our state government made some decisions to get things moving and open back up very, very quickly. And, right. um, and certainly it's not causal, but you can see when you look at trend lines that, you know, the, the prevalence of coronavirus was, was relatively relatively low um, especially in compared to some other places and then as soon as we started making some of those changes we saw we have seen significant um, spikes um, a significant increase in the number of cases and um, it's raised a lot of concerns for a lot of people um, while at the same time there are others who sort of remain unmoved as it relates to um, a, a relative lack of concern uh, with, with the prevalence of the virus. So um, it, it's a very interesting phenomenon that's happening right now. Right. Yep. Well, opening schools, like everything else related to this virus, as we're learning, uh, it's a very complicated. Uh, Fauci said the other day that this is a very, this is a very um, uh, complicated virus. It's a very difficult virus. Um, and so like everything else related to this virus, Reopening schools is both a complicated issue and it's a contentious issue. Right. And it's complicated because when we talk about reopening schools, we talk, we tend to talk about children. You know, what are the effects on children and do they get sick and do they get this and do they get that? Well, um, yeah, children do get this disease. Um, in fact, 77 have died and uh, 800 as of yesterday, uh, as since January, uh, there are children who are dying of this disease. There are children being uh, sent to pediatric intensive care units, hundreds of them. And there's this um, Kawasaki-related um, disorder that could have kids who get it seem to get this inflammatory disease that affects their hearts and their circulatory system. So there are risks to children. Um, but the, the other important thing is that children can have the disease, be asymptomatic, but can spread the disease. There was a study done in Korea um, th this, uh, this summer and said that children over the age of 10 probably can spread the disease. They can trans, maybe younger children don't, but older, older children do. Well, and I think that that's an important point because we do hear that 
um, where people will will say, even even medical professionals will say, you know, well, kids don't transmit the the virus to adults. Um, you know, some medical professionals will say that, and then you talk to other medical professionals, and and they will sort of scratch their heads and say, you know, a, a virus doesn't know your age. Um, and so if a person has a virus and uh, they, you know, that virus is spread um, through the air or through touch or through whatever, um, the, the virus doesn't say, oh, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a five-year-old, so I don't uh, spread to an adult. So that, that doesn't happen. And so, yeah, we're seeing cases where absolutely children spread the the illness, the virus to to adults, right? And, and that raises the the issue of you know we we as you say you know we think oftentimes about kids being the the big concern when it comes to returning to school, but yet we're forgetting the fact that you know schools are filled with adults as well, and many of those adults are older adults, um, you know certainly over the age of forty, um, many are over the age of forty, and some even older than that that are in that significantly increased risk range um, category um, for for you know significant response to the illness not Mm -hmm. let alone the the risk for for death right yeah you talk about florida reopening you know when when the bars and restaurants started to reopen and the 20s and 20 somethings and 30 somethings they they aren't as concerned because even if they get the disease it's not that bad many have gotten it say it's really not that bad but Fauci did an interview a few a week or so ago and had a wonderful quote. He said, it doesn't end with you. The chances are that you're going to infect someone else who will then infect someone else and then someone who's vulnerable will get infected. Right. So you may not die, you know, you may not get terribly sick and you may not get the disease, but if you spread it to others, eventually it's gonna end up affecting, infecting somebody who is vulnerable. So we can't just talk about kids. We have to talk about who else is in that building. Right. And we're talking about teachers first, administrators, office staff, cafeteria workers, janitors, who's cleaning the building. Um, we have, um, what about bus drivers? Absolutely. You know, that's a massive issue because right. you know, some of the schools, there's a school that, that I work at where there are any, there's anywhere between 50 and about 65 students on a bus at a time. Right. That's not um, going to happen this year. And, and, and so those buses are, are loaded down. And in a, in a recent school board meeting around here, they were saying that um, to, to do what would be recommended um, as right. it relates to busing kids, um, just about every bus would have to make, um, would have to triple their um at least triple their their drives their their routes um there's no way no. um and, and, and that's to and from right you have to do that two times a day right so you'd be significantly increasing the school day and, right. um and it, you know people were talking about you know some of the some of the logistical things um well you know we'll have bus drivers and these bus attendants you know check temperatures before the kids get on well what happens with that? So if, if a kid has an elevated temperature, where are you going to send them? You can't send them back home because you don't even know if there's anybody home. Right. Put them um, out on the street. Right. No. What if he's five or six years old? Exactly. Um, so, so, you know, there's so many other aspects to it that, that so many folks, that often folks don't consider. 
That's right. It's not just a yes, we should go back to school. We, we all agree that the kids should be back in school. Right. Um, you know, I don't think anybody disagrees with that, but, right. but it is a complicated issue. Yeah. And then these kids are going to go home. So you put them all together in a school, which increases transmit the possibility of transmission. Then you send them home and they're, they're now bringing potentially bringing the infection into their homes. Right. And then you have to think of all the people who are in their homes. Right. So I think of some of the elementary schools that have, you know, 800 students. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if one student comes in there or if a 1% of the kid students in there has it, you right. know, yeah. that's, that's eight kids that's going to spread it to, and it's just going to multiply. Eight kids go to their families and if each family has a couple, of, I mean, do the, do the arithmetic. Right. I mean, it, it expands in a hurry. So, and that's, so that's a, that's a fear. So it's not just about the children and what effect it's going to have on them and whether they spread it or not. They do spread it. Um, but what, how is that going to affect? Because you not only have the safety, when we talk about safety, it's not just the safety in the school. It's schools have to, have to somehow prevent the spread of the disease. Right. They don't want to be like bars and restaurants who, right. you know, they opened up and suddenly there was a surge. So it's a complicated issue for, for sure. It's also become a very contentious issue. And this is, to me, it's troublesome. It's a little bit sad, but it's also produces a little bit of distress and anger in me because there's no reason why it had to become a contentious issue, but, but it has. And um, we should be relying on experts from the Centers for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, people who have spent, like Fauci, Fauci's 79 years old. He's been doing this for 50 years. Right. The, the CDC knows about infectious diseases and there are infectious disease specialists around the country uh, in medical schools who know about this disease. And they, that's who should have been providing us guidance in how to reopen our schools. But instead, the experts who should be providing that information uh, are having difficulty having their voices heard while, you know, politicians and uh, are making demands that we, you know, let's just, you know, I'm gonna, you must reopen your schools. Um, and that, that it's, it's become a divisive issue um, because on the one hand, you have infectious disease specialists trying to get the, the word out and you have uh, another group of people who are um, pushing science to the side. Um, and I'm going to talk about that a lot in this, right. in this uh, article. Right. And it's, it's, it's troublesome that, a, that it has become politicized because in, in, the, in the cultural climate that we live in right now, right. Our, our two, two branches, our two wings, mm -hmm. um, have become so polarized right. that if you're on the right, you have to believe this way. And if you're on the left, you have to believe that way. Right. And, and so it, it, it doesn't allow us to have effective communication so that we can actually make plans and create programs and create um, contingencies for dealing with these kinds of issues because right. we can't even communicate. You know, right. when you have politicians going on that says, that, you know, that's completely minimizing it right. um, and saying that it's not a big deal. We shouldn't worry about it. And then another politician that comes on and says, no, we need to do all of these other things. Right. You know, 
we're, we're on these extremes and they fluctuate and they change from day to day. And, you know, it really makes people confused. Politicians right. are not disease experts. Right. And while they may, while we may work really hard to believe that they are making decisions that are really informed by people who are knowledgeable about diseases and things, they're not necessarily making decisions based upon that information. Um, and, we, and we have to recognize that. Um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. Because, because Florida opening bars and restaurants had nothing to do, had absolutely nothing to do with us effectively managing the coronavirus. Right. It had to do with economics. Right. You know, for goodness sakes, Disney was closed. Yep. So, so, you know, so much of Florida's um, income is, is tourism, tourism based. Right. And so we had to open things back up just to save the economy. Well, that has nothing to do with, you know, safety or, or risk for um, with the coronavirus. And, you know, so politicians are making decisions based upon other things. And so we need to make, you know, take those things into consideration. That's right. In our country, um, and, and I think Florida is a good example. Florida depends on tourism. Florida depends on people coming from all over the world right. to come to Disney, to come to the beaches, to come to the... Um, uh, this, uh, the theme parks that we have here. Okay, so our economy is based on tourism. When you shut that down and say people can't come here anymore, that has a profound effect. There are many states in the in the in the country where they don't depend on tourism. Right. So it's a completely different situation from state to state. Okay. So it's it's but but still every state has the obligation, regardless of how your economy works. Every state has the obligation to stop the spread of the disease, mm -hmm. right? And so you have the infectious disease people, the specialists are saying, our obligation is to stop the disease. Um, that should be the focus. That should be the primary goal, okay? But it isn't always the primary goal. And that's what we're seeing in our country today. Mm -hmm. You have, you have po mainly politicians and um, um, media outlets I don't call them news channels anymore, but because it's not really news, but you have media outlets and politicians um, pushing another agenda. Right. And, and it's, not the, it's not the agenda of the infectious disease specialists. It's economics and politics and elections and other reasons. For example, Trump, President Trump made a decision the other day to have hospitals report to Health and Human Services rather than to CDC. CDC needs the data from hospitals. So right in the middle of a pandemic, we have this enormous policy change, okay? Now it takes time to make those policy changes and you're doing it in the middle of a pandemic. And what it does is it creates confusion and chaos because people are saying, well, how do I make my decisions? Well, I'm gonna go to CDC. Well, CDC doesn't get the data anymore. Right. So, so, you know, and those are the things we have to be careful of. And that's why this has become such a contentious issue. And you're right, people's decisions are being driven by their political opinions rather than their understanding of the disease. And that, that's created chaos for all of us. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it does, and it filters down to, of course, the topic that we're talking about today of going back to school. Um, you know, the, the, there are those who, um, you know, are adamant in one direction and, and you can tell that it's fueled, in, at least in, in large part, by political perspectives, mm -hmm. um, as opposed, you know, 
in Florida, the um, the last couple of weeks or so, um, the last time I looked, um, we've had almost 10,000 new cases of new diagnoses of coronavirus a day um, for the last couple of weeks. Uh, there, there were a couple of days where it was approaching 14 or 15, even 15,000 in single individual days. So it's it, which is a significant increase from you know two months ago where we were seeing maybe a couple of thousand a day so you know we are we are seeing this massive increase but our policies our ideas our plans aren't really changing all that much that's right you know a good example of that is we know that masks help okay everybody know uh, we may not have known that three months ago but there's information from all over the world that masks, masks will slow the spread of this disease. And yet, last week, the governor of Georgia is suing the mayor of Atlanta because she implemented a mask mandate. Okay. In the meantime, the mayor of Washington, several days ago, three to, two days ago, issued a mandate for the city of Washington that said if you don't wear a mask indoors and outdoors, you could be fined up to a thousand dollars. So we have that kind of confusion. Right. And instead of people working together, and, and what I would what I would like to see is the politicians facilitate the scientific right. data information. Okay. Instead, we have politicians arguing with the scientists, uh, pushing the scientists aside, and uh, filing lawsuits against each other about a simple policy like mask wearing a mask. Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, in thinking about how this, when we're thinking about schools, you know, one of the things that some of us have been doing is looking at what other countries are doing, you know, mm-hmm. what's happening in, in Germany, in France, and some of these other countries. And we can see, we see that they are, you know, some maybe a little bit more successfully than others are, are implementing different strategies for, for dealing with this. But the massive issue really is that they have national guidelines that they're following you know so everybody in germany for example is pretty much following the same rules and expectations here as you were saying you know we have sort of folks on the national level saying certain things people on the state level saying certain things people on the local um town based saying different things and they don't always match. They rarely really mm-hmm. match. Um, you know, we, we live in um, a relatively small um, area here in, in Polk County. Um, you know, 10 miles to the east or west, you can, you're going to hit either Orlando or, or Tampa. That's right. They're doing something completely different. Completely different world. Right. That's right. And, and so it doesn't, um, it doesn't make sense because, again, we're, we're creating these policies and we're trying to implement these strategies. And right. Polk County schools will end up doing something completely different than Hillsborough County schools. That's right. And sometimes there, there are schools from the different <laughs> counties that are almost across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. But yeah, because we're on the border. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's going to be very different just a few miles from here. Right. Let alone for state to state. Right. So, yeah, just a few miles will make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we live a few miles from Disney World. Right. Well, but our world is very different. The, 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 our community is completely different than the community that contains Disney World. Right. Right. Yeah. And yet they're miles, just a few miles apart. Right. 
So, so as we're thinking about, again, this very complicated and contentious um, uh, issue of, of kids returning to school, mm -hmm. it, it is very important that we think about, you know, all of these issues. We don't just focus on, yes, we agree that kids need to be back in school, but we need a really good plan for that. Uh, right. That takes into account not just what's happening to the kids at school, but also what the kids are taking home, um, right. what, what the teachers and administration and the, just the adults in general are being exposed to and right. who, what they're taking home um, and, you know, what other options there are for managing all of this. Right. Yeah, so where it puts us with all this divisiveness and, I mean, my goodness, the divisions existed in, the, in our country long before the virus arrived. Um, and so the virus has exacerbated those differences. People are really uh, angry at each other. It, you know, we need to come together, right. uh, but instead we keep arguing with each other uh, at, at very basic levels. Um, and so as a result, the, the loudest voices um, in this pandemic are those who demand, on the one hand, demand that schools reopen, period, immediately, fully, um, and that would be, you know, when Trump first started talking about it, he, he said they have to reopen, they have to reopen fully. And we have the Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, who got on and demanded, and that was her word. She, she said, I demand that schools, that every school reopen fully for right. all students five days a week. So on the one hand, you have those very loud voices demanding that schools open. On the other extreme, at the other extreme, you have all those people who say, no, we're not ready to, we cannot under any circumstances reopen our schools, okay? Well, somewhere between those two is where the solution is gonna reside, okay? But as you said a few minutes ago, everybody agrees that schools should reopen, okay? Right. I don't think anybody, no, we don't want schools to, of course we want schools to reopen. Why? Well, first of all, last spring, at the end of the last school year, Online instruction isn't working for, me, for most of us. Okay, well, that, that's clear. Second, students with special needs right. are not served well by online instruction. Um, third, we learned that parents can't work from home and supervise their kids' uh, education. Which, is, which, is a, which I think is a point that many people completely forget to even consider right right because you know if you you know th there were there were talks for a while for example about well what we'll do is sort of adopt this model that some of the other countries are doing where you know students alternate so right. some students will come to school on monday others will come on tuesday other you know monday's group will come back on wednesday tuesday's yeah. group will come back on thursday and the, the the first thing that came to my mind was what happens to those parents who have young kids, right? And so, so the parents have to be home every other day, um, right. or the, those kids are going to have to go to a childcare. Which, not sure how <laughs> going to childcare makes any different than going to school. Right. Um, what if they and, have kids that you know? On one day, you have a couple of kids that go, one kid that goes to school on Monday and Wednesday, and another kid that goes to school on Tuesday and Thursday. What if you have three kids going to three different schools? Right, and which they're on different happen? schedules. You know, that's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, so it's, um, you know, it's a very complicated, again, very complicated issue. Right. Right. And, you know, quite frankly, we're, we're all, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to say this gently. 
parents are tired of trying to keep their kids occupied. Right. When kids are locked down like this, there isn't a lot for them to do. Playgrounds are closed, swimming pools, everything's closed. Kids can't go out, they can't run around with their friends, they can't, they're not playing sports. Everything had been shut down early on. And quite frankly, parents don't know what to do with these kids 24 hours a day for days and days and days at a time. And, and it's, it's so interesting in, you know, in, in sessions working with, with kids and parents right now, because we're dealing, you know, how many times do we have to deal with that? With, with, and, and I completely appreciate their, their issues and their concerns, but, you know, parents are getting really frustrated with their kids who, you know, are playing video games all the time. Right. Well, right. well um, you know, one of the questions I'm just starting to ask everybody is, what do you want them to do instead? Right. Exactly. Um, are, they doing they do? are they doing their chores? Yeah, they're getting their chores done, but their chores take like 30 minutes, 45 right. minutes. Okay. Right. So what are they going to do with the other 15 hours that they're awake every day? Um, you know, and so there, there, some parents will even say, um, well, I don't want him playing on video games the whole time. So, you know, he can, you know, join us and watch TV or he could do, it's one screen or another screen. It's just screen. And oftentimes playing video games, they're interacting with their friends from school um, or something, which is really important for them to be doing. So it's, I can completely appreciate the, the sort of dilemma that parents are finding themselves to be in. Uh, but at the same time, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There aren't any right. options. That's right. No, but everybody, you know, because as people have said, you can't reopen the economy completely until you get kids back into school. Absolutely. Because the parents have to be free to go back to work. Okay. Um, however, we're talking about sending them back to school in the middle of a contained Ages and deadly. I mean, this is a deadly virus. It, it kills people. Mm -hmm. And so we have to think about reopening in the context of this very complicated um, enemy, this very contagious, deadly, and very complicated virus that we're only, we're, we're, we're learning how to deal with it as we're having to deal with it. Right. And so, um, so we have to, we have to think about reopening schools in the context of the disease. Everybody agrees we should. We all agree on all the reasons why we should, but we have to do it in a way that, that um, ensures, assures the safety of not only the people who are gonna be in the school building, but all the people who are gonna be affected and possibly infected right. as, those schools, as those people leave that building and return to their homes and businesses. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's a it's a it's a multi-layered right. problem. Right. Um, and, and you know, certain you know people at different uh, from different um, areas mm -hmm. are only looking at one area, one one level, one layer. Right. Um, you know, um, if you're only looking at the economics of it, you're going to make one decision. If you're That's if right. you're looking at the um, you know public safety level you're, you're looking at another layer um so you have to look at multiple layers at one time well you bring it that's an excellent point actually that's a that's a perfect segue for part two of this right. presentation that um you can look at this from the point of view of a politician seeking re-election of a um of a of a governor of a um business owner of uh, somebody who owns a sports team, uh, somebody who wants college football to, to occur this year, somebody who wants their kid. Think of all those kids who are um, um, 
who are missing a whole season uh, in their sporting career. Okay, oh, yeah. you're, you're missing an entire season. Um, well, if you're a minor league baseball school, player, I think about all those high schoolers who who need this this you know this athletic year, this sports year, right. to, mm -hmm. to get scholarships for right. college. That's right. This now is their year, right? Yeah. And it's taken away. Okay, and so. Um, and kids who want to go to college and need their senior year for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. um, so you have all these different perspectives. And what we want to talk about in part two is what perspective do we use when right. we talk about reopening the schools? Whose perspective do we use? Right. Okay. And I think that's been part of the problem here is we have these different perspectives, none of which are really wrong. Right. But which one are we going to use to open schools in a way that ensures safety and that limits the spread of the disease even further. And that's what we want to talk about in part two. Yeah, so, so, we'll, yeah, so we'll tackle that, when, that information in part two. But, um, you know, so, so just to kind of wrap some of this into a, a nice little um, package, you know, this is a complicated issue. And, and, right. and, you know, I don't think anyone doesn't want kids to go back to school. I think everyone is in agreement with that. And I think that we need to, um, be mindful, though, that there are there are many aspects to this decision that we have to keep in mind, that we have to consider, and that needs to be, you know, at least equally weighed. Um, you, you know, some things require a little bit, you, you know, should be weighted right. a little bit more when you're when you're talking about the decisions um, that are being made. But um, you know, we need to look at all of these aspects, look at all of the layers, and that we're right. going to talk about in part two. And, and then make a decision and figure out what's going to be best, not just today, but next week, two weeks when we would start seeing right. symptoms. Um, and of course, you know, months from now, um, right. figuring out, you know, post pandemic right. uh, life. So. And, and, and you're right. We're, we're trying to anticipate what problems might occur, you know, and we do, we just don't know. Okay. And so some things we really don't know. There's a great deal we do know. So at least we know a starting point. Right. And, and um, we can go from there. Right. Absolutely. So, okay. All right. Well, that is it nice for today. It is nice to be back. I can't wait. We, we have lots of other things that we're going to talk about, um, right. not just coronavirus stuff, but we're there are there. Exactly. There are other, there are issues besides coronavirus that we need to talk about. Absolutely. So we're, we're, we're back, we're ready. Um, and, and hopefully we'll continue to be in your feed um, every week. Uh, moving right. forward, maybe even more frequently than that, if we can help it. So, right. all right. So until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, mm -hmm. and forget to be afraid.